All right. All right. We're recording. Welcome, everyone, to the Rank Rat Report podcast. Recording this one Tuesday, November 14th. The Leafs have taken Sweden, and they also took the two games that they played this past weekend against Canadian teams. As always, joined by my co-host, Jason. Yeah. Uh, good week, I guess. It's so weird when there's only two games. I don't know. Uh, definitely better. feels like a better spot to leave off than we were last week. The Leafs have this magic thing about them where they want to, for some reason, uh, they choose to do this thing where they play really poorly. And then like whenever they have like a long stretch in coming or like a break, it's like, okay, we know we have to play well. Cause if we don't, we're going to hear about it for the next week. So the Leafs having a week off, it's like almost the extra mode or six days, whatever it is, extra motivation for them to play super well in those last two games. Because Hey, if they don't, they're going to have to be hearing about it for an entire week, which is not fun. So good stuff. I guess that's a point. I don't know. I, I've <laughs> never, I've actually never noticed that. Um, did they, did they have a break where they were on a heater? Remember uh, in like December last year? Was I can't quite remember. Was that two years ago? No, last year they went on a year? complete heater. They lost like one game and it was in overtime over a span of 10. They, they, they were decimating everything. They won the November Cup, as a lot of people on Leafs Twitter are coining it, because the Leafs seem to show up and destroy November every single year. So that's what they play oh. for, the November Cup. <laughs> and speaking of the November Cup, you know what team is playing really well for the November Cup right now? Kyle Dubas's Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh. This guy builds his team for November, baby. Love it. Love it. I thought you were going to segue into like a cup. Cup into no. like no couple <laughs> what the into an odd but no no, no. That, that, well, that makes sense though that makes sense I guess you could for Manscaped I don't know yeah <laughs> before we go on I have to give a my friends wanted me to give a shout out to them I was in Penn State this weekend cheering on uh, the boys and the boys in maize and blue um, that was that's a hell of a that's a hell of a college town Penn State. The best is when like you order a round of drinks, like five drinks, and they say $21 as opposed to Toronto, where it's like one drink is $21. Literally at the at the Leafs game, including conversion rate, I think I bought a beer that was the same price and amount of money. Now, obviously, at sporting events, it's going to be more expensive there, but one beer was the cost of a round of drinks at Penn State. So shout out to the MM crew. Uh, they were... They were telling me to give them that anchor bar. Also, what a for that place for wings. Oh my god, I've never been there before. That place is terrific. It sounds like have... a great time. College towns are always good. Uh, I, I the 20, 21 bucks for the drinks, yeah, it's a little cheaper, but you're not factoring in the, the conversion rate of Monopoly money to real money. So, uh, no, even then, well, the drink at the Leafs <laughs> game is like $400. Oh, plus your it's firstborn insane. kid, it's insane. It's insane. So, yeah, um, but that, yeah. Anyways, so we're going to talk a little bit about the two games that we saw this weekend from against Calgary, Calgary. and Vancouver. Yes. We're going to talk a little bit about the first 15 this year compared to the first 15 last year. I should have included the year before as well, but I didn't. So who cares? <laughs> and then a little bit about the Sweden trip and some trade rumors that came out of crazy, crazy trade. I've never seen trade rumors this early like, it's great it's... no like not not even that 
the way that they came out was just so obscure. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Manscaped. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's a ball trimmer sent from space. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T, high-tech for low places, Manscaped. And guys, we've been talking about Manscaped now for like years, like multiple years now. It's great stuff. I have not heard one complaint about it. And check it out. It's some it's some high-quality stuff. So let's get into it. Look, yeah, I just want to say one thing. Everyone needs a, a grooming tool. Uh, and I mean, I can't remember the last time I bought a grooming tool when I, like before I had Manscaped, but it was like a long time and I definitely should have gotten a new one way before I actually did. So if you're like, if you have to think about when the last time you bought a grooming tool was, it's probably a sign to you to go and go to why'd you need a tetanus shot one day after <laughs> maybe honestly, out. it's it's crazy, but uh, going off down there, <laughs> you're not going to need that anymore. Manscaped.com. Promo code RINKRAT as R-I-N-K-R-A-T. Let's get into it this past weekend. Um, the way that I watched the Calgary game was actually kind of funny. I was in a car, and they were playing pretty well, going up 4-1. Everything's looking great, right? And then someone has to say, 4-1 is the most dangerous lead in hockey. <laughs> Since we're driving through Pen Pennsylvania, those mountains, those windy roads, there's a thousand deer dead at the side of the road there. It leaves go. It's four two. Nikita Zadorov scores. Then the internet stops working, and then I get to a gas station finally, and there's some Wi-Fi, and I see four three. Now it's four four, but they held on. They started to play pretty well once it was four four. I will say that. Yeah, they, they uh, Mitch Marner came up as close as clutch as clutch could be in that shootout too, and then Max Domi finishing it off, which we'll talk a little bit about him and some of his line mates in a sec. And then the Vancouver game. I want to get your opinion on that. The fighting after the hits. Can you tell me what do you what are your thoughts on that? Because I think did they score on the two power plays was, after those instigators or I I'm like ninety nine percent sure I'm on the power play, but yeah one no, of they, them they, was they, for sure. They scored on both of those for sure. Like I'm oh. looking at it right now they a hundred percent scored on both of those. One of them was like almost immediately after the the penalty itself. Yeah. And the other one, yeah, no, they, they both they both happened on the the preceding power plays after both hits, but um, I mean, I was I kind of laughed at myself when I saw both of those fights because I'm like, do they really not want to play with Ryan Reeves this badly that they're like they'll fight their way to keep him out of the lineup? But uh, no, <laughs> actually though, like, uh, it's it's honestly an interesting thing, right? Because like. Listen, obviously there's stupid penalties and like they should have not be called. And I don't know, God knows why they're being called right now. Uh, why wasn't Connor Murphy? You remember against Chicago when Connor Murphy at the break went after Noah Gregor? He wasn't called for instigator there. I I barely seen instigator called. Like what? It's it's and twice in a game. It's like come on, man. But yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. They, they seem to have called it. It definitely hurt us, but I think this is something that you can, like, I'm not afraid to do or afraid of this team doing in the season because, like, I don't know. It just shows, like, a good, it's like a good, it, to me, it's like a good sign to the locker room, I think. Maybe I'm just thinking too hardly, too hard about this. But just to just to know that someone's got your back, it's like a good good feeling. I don't think that those hits were dirty. The, the, the sorry, the camp one was dirty. Camp one was dirty. Like it was a little high. But the Robertson one, we just kind of got hit hard. But like, hey, you know what? Like, f- fuck it, just go go in on him. Like, why not? Right? Like Robertson is a different situation than Camp because like Robertson's young, right? Like just showing you that you can't just push us around. And, and even though it was Max Domi, who's tiny and they didn't even fight, they like grappled for like the entire time. I think they landed like two yeah. shots each. Like, well, it's Max Domi. Who's five foot nine versus yeah. uh, Ian Cole. Who's a pretty big man. Five, and then he's like, also he's Cole's like five eleven. No. Whoa. At least thick, at least really. Yeah. He's a thick boy. They're both, they're short Kings. I think Ian they're both Cole. short Kings that are th- no thick way. boys. He's six one two twenty five. Oh, he's six one. Why yeah. you? I guess he. Five, I guess he just looks short in like relation to the Tampa Bay oh, defenseman, which is where where I where I remember seeing him the oh. most. Oh yeah, um, that's true. But because <laughs> they're all six nine like yeah. monsters. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah. I will say that Dakota Joshua is also like six four. That was a Leafs reject right there. He was drafted <laughs> yeah, but... before Dubis. He was coming out of college. Dubis said no thanks. He traded him for a conditional seventh. Crazy, crazy. Got that, that. I don't even think it turned out to be an actual pick, but whatever. Probably uh, not. But... I think he had to sign. Uh, but what were your thoughts on that that little scuffle slash fighting incident? Do you does it bother you that you got the pen, that they got penalties and it was they scored on them? Because if you think about it, it's like almost bad process to say like, oh, don't do this because you'll get a penalty and get scored on. Because like, what are the chances of them scoring on the, that power play? It's like 25, well, 30 percent. Our penalty like, kill stinks. Okay. So yeah, but like, <laughs> what what are your thoughts on that in general? I guess so. That's where like I, I'm so stuck because I love I loved it, like just off first reaction, like hearing that there was two kind of high hits and there was two fights from it. I love that. You don't mm-hmm. need one big boogeyman going around. Oh, those hits wouldn't have happened with Ryan Reeves. Okay, what about Timothy Lilgren? What happened after that? Nobody did anything, yeah. right? When you have guys that are not normally fighters, when you have a 40 year old veteran, when you have Max Domi going after six one two twenty five Ian Cole like that. Like, I think that sends a greater message. But if it wasn't on home ice, they wouldn't have been doing that, and they shouldn't have been doing that. But, like, the home ice advantage, that kind yeah. of plays into it, sure. It's just, yeah, maybe don't do that later in the year when points are more valuable. If the penalty kill's not fixed, like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, the penalty kill's not great. And, but I love sticking up for your teammate. Who cares? Oh, it was a clean hit. I don't care if it was borderline. I expect you to go after him like that. Right. So that's what I, I, I'm, I'm really stuck. Was it was, you went down two goals as a result of those two fights. Yeah. Was that like, did, wouldn't the goals then have taken the winds out of the sails of the crowds there too? Maybe like that's but where also, it's like yeah, that's where like, it's like the shittiest situation pot where it's like, yeah, you need to stand up for your your teammates, but then that's what happens when you do. So it's like, ah, but I, I loved it. Honestly, 15 games in, why not? Like you've had some up and downs this year. 
uh, it hasn't been the smoothest of sailings, especially for some of the new guys. Why not go out there and try to beat the hell out of it? Like Giordano landed some shots on Dakota Joshua. I really like to see that. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting debate. I will say that for sure. For me to put a ball on it, it's like this early in the season, this should be happening, not happening every game, but anytime there's even something that you're like being like, Oh, was that clean? You just got to go at this point because like, even if you get injured doing it, like obviously I don't want like Matthews doing that. Right. But like, if you get injured doing it, like at the very least you're out, like you, you should be back in time. Right. So yeah, I don't buy the whole. Oh, those hits broken. wouldn't have happened if Ryan Reeves was there. No, no. We, we, it, it, it would have already been debunked. Ryan That's already been debunked. Be on the bench. He was yeah. dash two against Cal. He's dash eleven in fourteen games. That is so inexcusable. And then your replacement puts up two assists and yeah. had a chance in there as well. Let's it, let's talk about McMahon. Let's talk about McMahon this week because he like McMahon fourth line, third line, like. Because it feels like that, like maybe clicks. Obviously, like anything without Ryan Reeves seems to click. But like, what are your thoughts on the play? Like we we saw we saw a three game sample of that third line look good. We have a five game sample of it now. Like, what are your thoughts on the, oh, the third on the third line or the fourth line? Bottom six in general, like the split up your fourth, general, whichever you want to talk about more. Ryan Reeves shouldn't be back in the lineup for the foreseeable future. I think Bobby Fair McMahon enough. should have just bought himself three games there. I don't care that they're going on a special trip to Sweden. Uh, who's the first game against Detroit? Detroit and then Chicago, I think. I think. Uh, I might be completely Chicago, wrong. Chicago, but... no. No? A Minnesota, is it... I believe. Oh, it's Minnesota, you're right. We both Chica- no, no, no. It's, it's Minnesota and then Chicago is the first game back. That's why. Yes. Okay, there you go. So, is was I right? It was... Detroit, Minnesota. Detroit, Detroit, Minnesota. Detroit on the Friday, Minnesota on the Sunday. And to point out something, I I tweeted it already, but there's so there's four teams going: Ottawa, Minnesota, Detroit, and Toronto. Each of the other three teams, Detroit, Ottawa, Minnesota, one of those games counts as a home game. For Ottawa, two of those games count as a home game. And for the Leafs, Detroit plays on the Thursday. And then Detroit has to play on the Friday. So we're back to back and the Leafs get to be rested. The Leafs don't play on the Saturday. Then they play on the Sunday. Minnesota plays on the Saturday and then they have to play on the Sunday. So the Leafs get two games. They're the away team in both. So they don't get last change, but you do get the advantage of playing a team on the latter half of a back to back in both. How sweet is that? That's amazing. Which is also way bigger than like home like home home field and hockey is already pretty small. And I assume like a lot of that has to do with more crowd and like, yeah, like there is no home field. It's a neutral. So like, there's almost no benefit to being the home team. Like, I don't know. I don't think last change affects. Yeah. But like, I mean, just like, it's just looking at it from like a betting perspective. I don't think that like it would be treated at all any differently. I'm curious to actually see how much last change would be worth, but I mean, can I playoffs more? It's the regular season. So it's like, yeah, whatever Um, you want to win the Avicii cup. Right. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but like you, you we obviously know why that like the Leafs are not home at all right like because and all those senators have two home games here like we know right it's, it's obvious so i have to say it i have to say that only f- it's like 50 percent capacity at the ottawa senators games even then they're like pretending to that they're gonna make the playoffs this year like listen mm. like we're gonna sell it regardless they're not so good i'm happy maybe we get a little maybe we got a, like, a scenario little, for nhl revenues maybe we got a 50k bump to the cap as a result of this but uh <laughs> chances are we don't but 
Oh, it is weird Anyways. that they're going to Sweden mid-season, though. That's funny. yeah, I don't get that. Anyways, like it's Whatever. just it, it's a headache for like just thinking about this. Um, 8 a.m. puck Saturday, Sunday. Don't forget that. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that because my ritual is usually to plant on the couch from one to one to midnight, and now. Yeah, I am, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I have. I have a way to watch there. Right, it's gonna. It's gonna be a fun day. for five a.m. Five a.m. It's gonna be a great. I'm, I'm not oh. gonna fall asleep. The festivities are gonna be insane. I'm not gonna fall oh, asleep. Man. Anyways, let, let's. Let, I want to touch on the, the third, the third and fourth line. So the third, third and fourth line. line. So the fourth line. It looked much better against Vancouver. They generated a ton of chances. They got two goals. Right, if I'm not correct on yeah. that. They had two goals there. They had a couple other chances on top of that as well. So that's a great first game. Hopefully we get to see that continually, right? The third line is super fast. They are really, really fast, and they're causing issues for opposing teams' defense to A, get to the puck first on retrievals, and B, break out the puck. I mean, we saw that play down low. Max Domi got to the puck. It was the Robertson goal. Um Great play by Nice to start yeah. and get the play the puck in deep, fight off two Vancouver defensemen, allow the Leafs to get the change. Max Domi humming down low, able to win a couple, able to free up the puck a couple times, and then ends up in front of the net. And Nick Robertson's able to finish. Um, and then we saw in the Ottawa game there was that as well. The Cali Yarncroft goal, I can't quite remember. I have it on my phone. I might have. To, how do you remember how that one went in? Uh, am I thinking of the Robertson where Robertson one where he roofed it? Fuck. No, that was a backhand against Vancouver. Anyways, I'll find Anyways. it on the fly. Um, no, I yeah no they they played great so far this year. Uh, I'm I'm super happy that the third line has finally clicked. Uh, just to like kind of cut you off there, I know you're, you're getting mm-hmm. into a point, but like just just gonna like come out and say this now because like, uh, Max told me is what five nine. 5'9", like 180, 190. Max only is 5'9", 180, right? Nick Robertson mm-hmm. is what, 5'9", like honestly nowhere near. No, he's probably, he's honestly like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, five, 170. Cali Yarncrook, what is he? He is... He's like 5'10". One, one, 190, right? In all, in all, in, yeah, all, all of those heights are generous. They're probably all shorter than that. But in all shapes and sizes, they're small, right? They're small yeah. in, in, compared to other hockey players. But you know what? Like you said, they're fast. They're really good four checkers too. Like that is like a sneaky, very, very aggressive and like hard on puck four checking line. And it's like mm-hmm. almost something that we've been saying for legitimately like s- almost like six years. As long as like we've we've kind of like as long as we've become woke to like analytics and like how Local. size doesn't. I don't know what I don't know what the word is, but uh, like si- that size doesn't matter, right? Like I've always been size doesn't matter if you know what I mean, but. Um, <laughs> no, explain. Uh, it's, a, it's a manscape joke. Let's just say that. Uh, but, I will uh, say this while I have that break in there. Max Domi last season, I believe, from what I remember doing research on him in the summer, was seventh in the league in away takeaways per 60. So, like, away, you do away takeaways because the Leafs count takeaways more than any other team in the league. It's ridiculous. Oh, oh, so, you yeah. do away so it gets rid of the score bias. Max Domi was seventh in the league in away takeaways per 60. Yeah. And, and like, it just shows right. that you don't need to have like a big, tall physical line to be fortunate. Like, have to have four, like, they don't have to be all six, three, two, two twenty to be a good four checking line. They can be small. They can be shifty. They can be quick, but they're still aggressive. Like even Nick Robertson, like 
he kind of is like a, I think he's like a ping pong ball is the best way to put it. That like, he's kind of like high energy, like bounces around a lot, like gets rocked, but like will also like be aggressive, not like rock people, but he's not afraid to like fight for body position. That's to his detriment, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, because he gets hurt. I found the yarn crop goal. It was a disruption at the opposing team's blue line by, I can't tell who this is. It was a disruption at the Leafs own blue line. Um, it went back the other way. Robertson carried it in, stopped up, made a great pass to Callie Yarncroft, who was streaking in and got behind uh, the the defender on Calgary, and he was able to chip it by uh, Vladar, who I was I'm not very impressed with that piece. Not that good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> gonna, you have to you're gonna have to eat that one. Um, but because I thought he'd be like a maybe an ad for the Leafs in the off season, but uh, yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, the third line, really good forechecking line. Five. It's yeah. we've seen like, a, I think we've seen enough. We've seen a sample now that they're actually like a quality line, and they haven't. It's not like we've played poor competition over the last five games. Uh, other than the Senators, we played the. They they brought that line together against the Sabers first, right? Um. Or was it the Bruins? So they they've been a point a game for the last four games. I want to say. So I think I they brought the that line together. Okay, so Lightning, Senators, Flames, Canucks. Okay, maybe not the best competition, but still, I think there's still, I think it's, there's been enough sample now to see like that this line works. One and, mm-hmm. and two, it's like, uh, like it clicks. Like it's just, it's exciting to see because like, un, un, like maybe I'm not like in tuned with like the the Twitter Twitterverse as much anymore with least <laughs> Twitter, um, during the football season. But like, it feels like man, wouldn't under like if if this line sticks like. 10 games from now, if this line is like still the same line, these guys are still getting third line minutes. What a great story Nick Robertson is for this team. Like what a great, like actually like what a great story. Like it's almost like flying under the radar. Like that, like this guy who's like essentially got jerked around for like three years by the team that mixed with injuries, major injuries, major injuries, very major injuries. Also like that great at the end of camp. Let's get real. An undersized player who was kind of counted out in his draft year too. Like no one, no one like, I, I want to say he was Wrist ranked injury. higher than a little bit, uh, like a little bit. He was, um, he started the year zero points in five games. I remember. And then went on, like was a point a game pretty much. And like w- finished a point a game. So excluding the first five games of the year, he was five points above a point a game kind of thing. Right. Um, speedy guy. But again, it was like that concern about injuries. He's five, nine, one eighty. Can he take the punishment? Um, probably as well as some other things here and there, but to get him low second round was a complete steal. In my opinion, it was a great, great waiver. I mean, when you look at other low second round picks that the Leafs have taken waivers on, can you guess who that is? I'm thinking of not thinking of, but Jeremy Bracco. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Matthew nice was also a low For, second round pick. I was going to say Matthew nice, but, uh, but like, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, but, but um, to go off your point with the third line, though, the depth has been so much better this week. Um, well, actually, in that yeah, depth getting better, I mean, you've kind of gotten some other guys slowing down, but that's okay. But the the third line has gotten a goal a game for the past five games, right? So that's stupendous there. Uh, Taveras and Nylander are still humming away. And then now, finally, you have a fourth line that is an NHL-level fourth line. That's yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not getting created by one person. It's not getting created by one person. And it's crazy. The, the Leafs just want to fight their way out of that. Good for them. But uh, yeah, the, the fourth line too, like I'm happy 
with Bobby McMahon as well. Like it makes makes sense why McMahon and Robertson were the first sent down this year because obviously, actually, wait, is McMahon was McMahon waiver eligible? Yeah, I don't he think he was. Right? Yeah. He was oh, no, but was he like he was? Sorry, was he exempt? Injured sorry, camp. he was not exempt. That's okay. where everyone said he's going to the, the Penguins. Ah, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, oh, probably probably could use him now. But uh, yeah, no, I, I can see why they sent down Robertson because he was very, very exempt. First guy to be brought up makes sense. And yeah, good for McMahon for gritting through that injury in the in the uh, off uh, preseason. So I, I'm happy with how this yeah. fourth the the bottom six looks. Like it's always a good story uh, that we're like whenever we talk about the if we're not talking about the bottom six, it's good. If we're talking about them positively, it's very good. Right, mm-hmm. so it's good. Exactly. Good signs all around. Four group feels hopefully solidified. Feels forward. better. Feels a yeah. lot. Feels a lot better. Um, but I will say, yeah, that like the Vancouver game. I mean, they got outshot. The power plays early against didn't help them, and I thought yeah. some of them were pretty weak. If I'm going to be honest, but the penalties. I guess that's my the penalties against. Yeah, well, we it had might five have missed points. a high stick against Miller, though. So six, Maybe six some... penalties against in the first period and a half. Yeah, that's... and then no, then there was no penalties called for the rest of the game. Anyways, NHL officiating is going to make mm, me rip my hair out. I don't even want. To, I don't like <laughs> to think about it or talk about it. Um, <laughs> so they went off to Sweden on a better note. Um, yes. Jake McCabe was a welcomed ad. I mean, dash two against Calgary, whatever, but against Vancouver. Was good. So let's move on. Yeah. Before we move on, though, before we move on, though, I just want to touch on one thing. Uh, You can, for those who don't know, if you look right below me, you can bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's right. You heard me. You can bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook right now. I'm going to open up my DraftKings Sportsbook and take a look at some, first of all, fantastic live odds right now. We're looking at some teams that you can go out and bet on. For tomorrow's game, if you're listening to this in the morning on Wednesday, there's tons of odds available. We have the Philadelphia Flyers against the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes minus 1.5, minus 105 against the Philadelphia Flyers here at home. Other fun games, we've got the Colorado Avalanche against the Anaheim Ducks. Colorado minus 298 favorites. Ducks plus 240 dogs. Tons of odds. Tons of great prices. So make sure you use DraftKings. And when you use DraftKings, use promo promo code THPN. You can download the app right now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That is code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- Gambler or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW York or text HOPE-NEW York 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 Hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Uh, NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved here. Um, 
Yeah. Before we go on, one thing I want to close out the discussion with the third line. Since they've been put together, 33 minutes and 22 seconds together, expected goals for of 56.72%, which is pretty darn good. And their actual goals for four and their goals against two. That's good. That's your analytic back up the eye test, baby. Let's go. All right, let's get into it. First 15 this year versus the first 15 last year. So I get off topic a lot as people have that have listened to the show may know a tad, I suppose. And so what started this kind of research little thing I was getting into was I was like, Oh, the Leafs defense aren't shooting the puck as much this year, uh, as much this year as they were with, previous year uh last year even the year before i kind of thought i was like i haven't really seen many point shots recently like just seems like i don't know some some eye test little thing there and i did find to get into that one immediately i did find that the leafs defense this year first 60 minutes are getting 3.23 shots through per 60 last year through the entire year it was 3.91 And through 15, it was 3.73. So that was one little thing there. And then it got me thinking, well, how do the Leafs compare through 15 this year versus through 15 last year? Because last year, again, same thing as this year, started a little bit slow and then picked it up. The Leafs, you know, started up and down, kind of won some games they shouldn't have. How How do we sit right now versus what we did last year? Right, mm-hmm. eight five and eight five and two right now, versus seven mm-hmm. five and three last year. So the record, one point greater. All right, sure. <laughs> Is there anything I test wise that you think that st- stands out, Jason, from you from this year versus the beginning of last year? Well, I test like not. It wasn't eye test until I looked at the sheet that you put together. And then it's like, wait, oh, yeah, it does make more sense. The biggest thing I've noticed is that we're just playing more high event hockey in general, not like good high event hockey where it's like all attack, no, like all attack, nothing coming back on us. No, like it's both ways. Oh, it's very much both ways. Like our our core C4, I want to try and do the per 60 numbers on this. But uh, yeah, like the, 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 the numbers you have pulled up here, it's just we have just been shooting so much more in through the, the first 15 games compared to was it last year through 15 games so yeah. i mean i feel like that was like an obvious one maybe a cop-out but like that's just not something that's been registering with my brain over the last 15 games but looking at the comparison just using the numbers uh what is it we have 735 Corsi four and 728 Corsi against Corsi. this year compared to 679 Corsi four and 621 uh, Corsi against last year, and there's only an extra 20 minutes of ice time there. So, I mean, like, we're almost at 50 to 60 uh, Corsi for more uh, than last year, and 100, unfortunately, Corsi against last year. Uh, I mean, obviously, the percentages aren't great, but who knows? I, I'm curious to see what these numbers look like with and if, without Ryan Reeves, maybe also kind of a cop out to, to, to blame it solely on him, but one guy, that yeah, I mean, it's a game, but again, <laughs> minus 11. <laughs> it's great. It's just crazy. Listen, if you, if you take out his, his 
like he hasn't been on for a goal and he's been on for 11 goals. Obviously horrible to say this, that if he's not playing, we're not going to score any goals, but the Leafs would be 33 and 23 goals for goals against compared to 33 and 34. It's horrible, horrible. Like you can't just train. That's not that's transitive property. Is that the yeah. word? Anyways, can't do that. It doesn't work like that, but I mean, I feel like we probably would have had a couple less goals for, but yeah, that's the biggest thing that stuck out to me is we're just yeah. essentially playing much more high event. Off. To me, what stuck out expected goals for percentage at five on five last year. So chances. So the quality of the shots you're getting, like apparent, essentially what expected goals is the sum of the chances from where they're being shot. How many goals would you expect to get on average using data points from a bazillion other shots before it? How many goals would you expect to get from having that amount of shots? So for the least last year, expected goals for was 32.59. Expected goals against was 29.06. And that's in 708 minutes. This year, it's 31.6 expected goals for and 34.8 expected goals against for an expected goals for percentage of 47.59. Now, does that tell you everything? No. There was a Vegas game in there. I remember Shalgren made like 18 saves on 22 shots. The the expected goals on the public models was like two for him. But mm-hmm. because there were so many breakaways in that game, the private model said it was like closer to five or four. So that's where expected goals is a little bit flawed. But mm-hmm. to have a differential in terms of your shot quality four versus your shot quality against of almost five, actually five over 5% from last year to this year is pretty big. So that, yeah. uh, that was, that was a little ugly. I wasn't too happy about that. And uh, another, just going off your point here, it feels like we kind of made, there's been like a miscon. There was a miss. There was a misconception about this Leafs team over the, like not this season, but the previous two no, honestly, previous let's let's go previous three seasons and almost when Sheldon Keith became the head coach of this team. That this team, mm-hmm. for some reason, it's we've always been told that this team is not good defensively. That's yeah. wrong. That's just flat out incorrect. The Sheldon, last two the Leafs, seasons were very incorrect. Correct. Yes. Leafs under Sheldon Keith have always finished in the top ten of expected goals against. Uh, the the good side of that, like uh, the least expected top ten least expected goals against in the league. Uh, so. The biggest thing this year is that that that's kind of was our identity in the past of maybe not outwardly facing identity, but internally we've been like a, a a good offensive team with structure in the defensive zone, which is important. That's where we're kind of getting lost right now. Scoring and venue adjusted. Uh, the expected goals against uh, for the Leafs right now they they have thirty five point thirty five ish, like you said here. Uh, that is third worst in the NHL. The San Jose Sharks, the Columbus Blue Jackets are the two worst teams at 40 and 35, respectively. And then the third worst team is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, another team that's consistently in the top half of the top 10 of the league is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're fourth on the list. They're right behind us. So they're not the only team that's experiencing these kind. We're not the only team that's experiencing these kind of struggles early on in the season where we're getting away from that identity we've established uh, early on in our. um, Yeah. The forwards in, in from our, previous in years helped out a lot defensively as well. Before we move on, and one thing I just saw an interesting tweet from John Shannon, Patrick Kane, who has been training in Oakville, Ontario, is beginning the process of meeting with teams. Hearing he met with the Toronto Maple Leafs today. Oh, 
here's the thing. I like Patrick Kane. Where does he fit for us? He doesn't. Where does he fit? He does <laughs> I have not. No idea. No disrespect to Patrick Kane, but and maybe I listen. Maybe I get raked over the coals for saying this, but do you really want to break up that third line to bring in Patrick Kane, who's mind you, wow. even if he signs a league minimum, it's good. It's a prorated league minimum, so it's not going to be. 750 700 it's pro any contract he signs is going to be prorated right if you remember yeah. uh two years ago when kane signed in edmonton after being uh whatever his contract happened with san jose he made 2.95 million dollars that year or yeah. two two ish million dollars a year against the cap actually his actual his actual earnings were 700k or something yeah. like that yeah. But it's it's a result of prorating because the, the so many days in the season were accrued. So that's something you actually have to be wary of. And I think Patrick Kane took a misstep in his process by doing this because you're essentially every day you wait, you make it more less likely that a good team will sign you because of the prorated cap hit. Unless, unless, unless you sign him to a multi-year deal, then you actually get a lot of benefit because you get. Extra, that's what he's looking get, for from what I've heard. He, he wants a multi. Okay, wow, then that's a sneaky smart move. Then take take away what I said, kind of sneaky smart move. Because if you can clear cap space now, you're going to get a, a major yeah. cap relief in the future, a la what William Nylander did. So, um, but where my question is, where does he fit and who would have to be moved out if you bring him in? Hear, hear me out right now. Maybe, maybe I don't know if this is the case, but. What would we have to give to get a guy like, and this is Galaxy, right? To get a guy like Nikita Zadorov or um, or Tanev, would Nick Robertson be a, a guy that a team is interested in? Is that what's happening here, where we're showcasing Nick Robertson, trading him, and then hoping Patrick King can come in and fill that hole? Is that something yeah, that's but a possibility? Then you're ruining that third line. I the, agree. The third line's identity is speed. If you bring in Patrick yes. Kane, you're going to ruin it. Also, Max Domi and Patrick Kane playing defense. Oil and we water. saw it in Chicago last year. Those guys would, yeah, like I feel like those guys would not work in the defensive zone. Points, but yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, it's been I don't so weird. I I got a like last year, just what he did with like your your power play is like first in the league, so you don't need a boost on the power play there. Even your second, your PP two has three goals this year. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I understand who Patrick Kane is, Stanley Cup champion. Terrific stick handler, but just where does he fit? Yeah. He's not, he's never been good defensively. Is he going to suddenly buy in defensively? Probably not. He just had hip surgery at what, 35? How's his foot speed going to look? Not great. Is he a good four checker? No. Does a lot of other things. He's a great playmaker, uh, can score as well, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't know where he would fit. And it would, the issue is with the Leafs, you bring him in, then you got to take another 10 games to figure out where he fits in the lineup because there's no obvious fit. Yeah. Unless you put him with Matthews Marner, maybe, and then move uh, Nyes down to second line, move Bertuzzi down to third line. But I don't know if they do that. I, it may, maybe we're overthinking this, but it just—I agree with you here. It just seems but like the thing too is, much we're, we're complaining. Oh, it, you can never have too many good players, but it's like, yeah, is this still that good of a player? Yeah. How and good? Like, how good is he? And how is he going to look after hip surgery at thirty-five? You're going to sign him to a multi-year deal. 
I, I think oh, I think he's going to be like well worth it if you can get him at league min for sure, for sure. Like that's a no brainer, I think. But again, like you said, like it might just be like a. You're gonna bring in Patrick Kane to yeah play for I the think I, forward spot like I exactly I, 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 think, I, think, I, think, I think that's the problem is where he would team, play for us. Know. I yeah. agree. I think he'd be good for other team. I don't think he'd fit with us. Before we get into more trade talk, though, I want to quickly uh, give our, a shout out to our sponsors over at Raycon. Uh, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowd and packed calendars make shopping an absolute total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off. Yes, you heard me right, up to 50% off because they're the Raycon early Black Friday sale is going on right now. You heard me talk about Raycon products before. You heard me talk about the earbuds. You heard me talk about the water filter. There's tons of products on their website. And all and most of them, some of them, the entire website is up to 50% off, all the way down to 20% off here. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space. Products like the everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra filters the water in the tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It is no wonder their products have wrapped up tens of thousands of five-star reviews to get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit earlier. Raycon is currently offering 20% off of everything on their website with some products going all the way up to 50% off. So beat the crowds, save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early black Friday sale. Hurry up, hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Beautiful. Right. Let's get into trades. I guess we kind of... No, let's let's finish off the the first 15. Okay. Sorry about that. I wanted to bring this up. So... The penalty kill last year, if you remember, it struggled to start the year. Um, like I remember it was it was lower, you know, it was lower in the rankings for I can't even find my stupid sheet anymore. Oh, here we are. It was lower in the rankings um, um, among the league, you know. Um I don't know where okay. This year it's even worse. The thing is, where I'm less, I'm more doubtful about the penalty kill this year than last year, is that the personnel is just not mm-hmm. as good. Noah Gregor's nowhere yeah. near as good as Pierre Engvall. Uh, Marner Camp, yeah. Kerfoot was a good penalty killer as well. The big one to me, though, Justin Hall. You're really missing Justin Hall. He played a big part of getting that huge ass and blocking shots. So that's. That's where you're you're feeling it. We'll say um, the do, other. Do, yep. Go on. Does Andrew the absence, up more chances? A lot more chances against as well. Does the absence of Jake McCabe though kind of slightly small affect that? Because like who was yeah. it? Lagason playing instead of him, right? Like on the penalty kill. Uh, well, Benoit. Right? Well, Benoit, Benoit or Lagason, either one of those two. So maybe that has like a small impact. 
But I agree though. Justin yeah. Hall, Justin Hall, like that's one part of his identity was being a really good penalty killer for this team. Yeah, he was a very good penalty killer. I mean, Giordano's out there blocking shots, but I think Justin Hall is really, really missed in that role. Uh, like, I'll, I'll read off some stats here. Expected goals against last year through 81 minutes on the penalty kill. Expected goals against were 7.89. This year, it's 10.68. Goals against last year, actual goals, 11. This year, 14. So, a lot more chances against, a few more goals against. I want to talk about the power play, though. Powerful. The power play, the Leafs seem to be drawing a lot less penal, uh, a lot less power plays this year. Last year, they had 83.35 power play minutes th- at this time through 15 games. This year, only 70. But the power play has the same amount of goals, 13 goals for. And the most interesting part of this I found, last year, all 13 of your power play goals, I, I don't want to misspeak. Yes, all third. Uh, oh, sorry. Twelve of your thirteen power play goals were from Tavares, Matthews, and Nylander. None from Marner actually last year, and one goal from Alex Kerfoot last year. This year, you have. Oh, I got a okay. Only one power play goal from Tavares, but five points, so that's okay. Uh, they have ten goals. Nylander, Marner, Matthews, Tavares have ten goals together. Four from Nylander, four from Matthews, and then you got a nice little three goals from Riley and Bertuzzi there. So interesting to see PP two chipping in there as well. Yeah, that and, was and pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, with the I believe sh- less less time on ice in total as well. So like like you a said, less power play. So like. Yeah, I mean that that I know it sounds silly, but that speaks volumes when considering PP2 is like gets 30 seconds per power play, right? Like on the on like a good end and they seem more yeah. comfortable playing it. And that's good because like listen, in the regular season, let's get PP2 worked in a little bit more. Like let's let's give these guys a rest for a bit here. Um so yeah. yeah. You can find other ways to do that, but yeah. yeah. Um and then the most shocking one, I don't know if you remember this. Oh, I got to find it. Here we are. So who were the top three in points at five on five for the Leafs last year through 15 games? Do you remember? Michael Bunting. Uh, Was it? No. No. Was it Kerfoot? No. I thought thought I'd get like a trick question there. It's got to be Matthews or Marner then, no? Marner's number one at 10. Okay. I should have went with the obvious one first. I like completely galaxy brain myself out of this one. So Marner and then. Who I'll give you number three. It? William Nylander. Oh. oh. At six. John Tavares then. At, at, no. At two. David Kampf. David Kampf. David Kampf had seven. Five that. on five points through 15 games. He was tied for first on the Leafs with three five on five goals. He was tied with Marner and Tavares there. Yeah, How crazy yeah. was that? I remember that. And then I remember that. What, he scored 10 goals the rest of the like seven. He didn't score very much. He went on like a 40 game goalless drug. Colts, there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But this year, so last year you had Mitch Marner with 10, Camp with seven, Nylander with six, Tavares with five, 
and then a whole bunch of guys with four, including Austin Matthews. So Austin Matthews wasn't going to start the year, really. Uh, he had Nylander and Tavares going okay, but at a pretty slow rate, I would say. Randomly, just a bunch of goals from David Camp. This year, though, you have, through 15 games at 5-on-5 five five in terms of points, 11 from Marner, 11 from Matthews, 9 from Nylander, 8 from Tavares. So the top four guys are humming People a little bit up. more. Yeah, 5-on-5 yeah. five five especially. And then you got 8 from Domi, 7 from Nyes, 7 from Callie Yarncroft, 6 from Morgan Riley, and then you got Robertson 4-4. Four and four. So you got to mention that one as well. And then Bertuzzi, who's still getting her going a little bit there. Wait there. But look at how many more guys are actually putting up points at five on five. So I thought that was a very, very interesting. And when you compare the top nine this year compared to last year, this year right now it is Nyes, Matthews, Marner, and then it goes Bertuzzi, Tavares, Nylander. And then third line is Nick Robertson, Max Domi, Callie Yarncroft. Last year, you had Bunting, Matthews, Marner, which, sure, great line. And then you had Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander, or Malian at one point, too. But that didn't happen. crazy. I forgot about that. Your third line was then David Camp, Pierre Engvall, and Callie Yarncroft, who they were not mm -hmm. doing very well at all together. Not clicking. Right. So that top nine this year feels a lot better than what it was last year. So that's a positive. It's just your defense, you know, you need McCabe to stay healthy. You, at least a, you need McCabe, Brody, and Riley to stay healthy because you saw what it was when they weren't. So that was ugly. Unfortunately, Logan is out for a long term. But so when we finish off our comparison, oh, and then last year also where you really did struggle, through 15 games you had – seven or eight starts from Eric Shulgren. So yeah, not, uh, not goalie number one, we'll call him. So yeah. how many starts do you have? Yeah. Seven games played from Eric Shulgren through 15 games. This year you have Samson, Ovin, Wool. The little bit scary part is last year, Murray, Shulgren and Samsonov had played through 15. They had a combined 901 save percentage this year your combined save percentage through all situations is 892. And those are your two actual goalies. So they're in a rut. I think they will get themselves out of it. So bit worse goaltending overall, actually, from la this year compared to last year. Um, a lot better on the power play, a lot worse on the PK, a lot worse defensively. Um, did I? Yeah. Do we have a and lot more goals, though? I actually don't know, know why I didn't look at that part. What we have mean, a lot have more goals this year. This year? Eight more goals compared to last year at five on five. Yeah. But 10 more against at five on five. Yes, that's the problem. But so, yeah. Still uh, a lot to clean up. Yeah. I think we've found some things that work, some things that don't. You got some depth scoring. Now you just need to keep the pucks out of the net. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's a good that's a good way to put a bow on things there with that like goaltending stuff. I'm also not really too worried. Wow, got a great view there. Uh, goaltending stuff, <laughs> not too like worried about. I like I said last week, I'm I'm buying the dip on these guys, buying them bouncing back. Uh, 
I'm buying that this is going to be like a low point for Samsonov on the season or at the very least his floor. We've seen like, yeah, maybe their goaltending has been worse over 15 games compared to last year, but we've seen the floor of our other goalies who played for us last year. I don't think their floor is anywhere close to what these guys, Samsonov and Wall bring to us. So I'm okay with that. And they're currently playing at their floor. And once they hit their like median, I'm, I'll, uh, it'll work its way out here. Uh, we already touched on Patrick Kane. Let's t- maybe talk about it a bit more because we're getting like we're getting pushback. Um, we are. Josh is I saying. Think, I, I think it's a good point. I think that where what he him in, and he, Josh is saying bump Yarncroft to fourth line. Bingo, bango. Before this week, they had zero secondary scoring. They could be in the that's same issues in a month. I would rather sign Kane for free and allocate all assets to D at the deadline. Even if he sucks, you can just scratch him. The issue is. It's rumored that he's signing a multi-year deal, and then as we mentioned, like the, that's the, you, you're really taking like Yarncroft versus Kane defensively. I mean, like if you let let's say you buried no. Ryan Reeves and you signed Patrick Kane instead, so that gives you that's like cost two hundred k on the cap, yeah, right, and you'd be signing Patrick Kane for. I actually don't even think that's possible. No, I don't know. I don't know. I would have to do the math. I don't know what prorated what a Patrick King contract would look right now. <laughs> but uh, that's the biggest issue is the prorating. I don't know. I uh, guess that could work. Would, would they do that? You see, you move someone down from the third. So you'd be putting Patrick Kane on the third line, or you put him on the first line, you move Nyes down to the third line, and then Yarncroft to the fourth line, or Robertson to the fourth line there. I don't know. Where I'm hesitant mainly is that this group, especially from the forwards, is nowhere near as good defensively as what they were last year. Right. And you're just adding more to it. That's where I'm like, that's where I, I'm thinking it doesn't work. But Patrick Kane could be a great offensive player. Yeah, that's I think that's the point. We're we're missing the forest for the trees here. It's like you're getting a, you're getting essentially a guy who could would fetch you would fetch a team minimum a second round pick at the deadline, especially for like the issue last year was his like massive contract, right? That was the biggest issue last year is that team teams had to pay to like lower that you're getting that for free. That's like a, the important thing here. Um, so I guess if and, it's one year at a manageable cap, sure. Yeah. I'm but also okay. Like multi-year at a manageable cap. So multi-year at a manageable because, cap. because again, like you have to remember that, the amount that you pay the pro rate, the extra pro rated money you're paying them this year towards the cap is ends up being cap relief over the next couple of years. It may, it may only be like hundred K still cap relief still, still brings, would bring the cap it down in future years, which is honestly kind of cool because like, I, I like, cause he's old. Right. So it's like, it's a very rare scenario where you get a guy aging who's already signed his deal. This is just a rare scenario in general, but like, so let me ask you this. As you expect, would you to, sign as you Patrick expect- Kane? if he performed the same as he did for New York last year. Sure. If it was, again, if it was league minimum, if it was under $2 million this year, I think, I think you probably, especially under a half, one and a half million dollars. I would do that. I think, I think that makes sense. I think, I think, I think we overthank this in the, in the, in the moment we're missing the forest for the trees. Like, in terms of fit versus the actual player. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, what are we saying? Like, who who cares about fit? It'll it'll work itself out, yeah. and if it doesn't, who cares? We scratch him. So I don't know. If I mean, it's that easy though. I mean, 
You just scratch Patrick Kane. I think it would take a lot to scratch Patrick Kane. That's the thing. Yeah, I guess. But right? uh, took it took in, 14, in Toronto fourteen we sc- games to scratch Ryan Reeves. But we we like we basically scratched John Klingberg and Ryan Reeves essentially. Klingberg I know we said it was, was injury, and it's so much. It it's so much easier to fourteen games to scratch Ryan Reeves. Remember that. It's so, so the, much the comment, oh, you just scratch him. But what if you scratch him too late? What like? It's easier to scratch Patrick Kane though when he's hurt, right? You can just say, oh, needs needs a maintenance day. Bang. Hasn't been feeling right with hip injury. Bang. That's it. I don't know about that one. Uh, it works like that. <laughs> uh, next next big rumor, oh. I guess, on, on the board here was the Zadorov. He buried the lead on that one. Yeah. But does Nikita Zadorov laid out Tyler Bertuzzi in the game against the Cal- Calgary versus Toronto on Friday, right? Nikita Zadorov's agent then posts that hit on his Instagram saying, oh, Nikita Zadorov coming through. Nikita Zadorov then right away requested a trade from the Calgary Flames. It's rumored that the Leafs want him. Give, give, inject that. We talked about that last week. Inject that into my veins like, Perfect, perfect fit for this team. Someone like I, saw, I don't know if this, I don't know if this is true, but did someone say like we want you here to him on like isn't it, wasn't there like a rumor? The rumors that apparently players on the team were saying to Zadorov during the game, "You're exactly what we need. We want you here." That is the weirdest comment ever. And if this team was actually doing that, they are not going to win anything. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I don't think they actually did that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, that, that's like, that's like my my mom's friend told my mom's friend's brother's sister told me that they heard from a cousin in a coffee shop. Like, if I heard I, a teammate say we want you here in like a competitive game, I would punch him straight in the face. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's just wild. That is wild. Thanks. But yeah, I want him here. Maybe I was on the ice. Who knows? Again, third pairing, sure, in the right role, but. We yeah. have like nine third pairing guys now, and we have zero number one defensemen. Yeah, is he, was he one good on the penalty kill? Uh, he was not good on the. He's I'm not, not going to pretend. Penalty. I'm not going to pretend to have done a, done a deep I, dive. I, I remember. Game. I remember looking at his like he doesn't like basically just doesn't play penalty kill. I'm just trying to remember I if I can. I'm just no. trying to. I'm just trying to look it up right now and buy time. But who knows? Anyways, regardless, having someone like that on the team will never hurt you. And I lied. He does play penalty kill. I'm. I'm Oh no! Uh, never mind. That's go. not him. That's not him. This is him. Does he or does he not? He does. I'm wrong. Wow. He's yeah. He's a good. He's like a decent penalty killer. We'll take All that. Right, so we got to take a look into him. See what. Well, the okay. Hell quick, qu- quickly, d- like according to Steve Dangle, he said that there's a deal done and it's gonna be happening after Sweden. What are your expectations of that happening? Give me a percentage that this time next week. According to who? <laughs> According to who? Steve Dangle. Who? Steve Dangle. I'll believe it when I see it. All right. Sounds good. Um, Percentage chance that we trade for him before 30 games, or he gets traded, not just we trade for him, 30 games into the season. Well, I think pretty high. 70. He's come out. He said those comments. Seems like he hates everything there. Everyone hates the Flames. Everyone hates Calgary. Everyone hates their windshields getting chipped by the damn gravel there. (laughs) Like, and then crazy downfall like from a team that had so much promise to like when they when they lost to Edmonton in the second round 
I thought that team was fantastic. I thought for sure they were going to beat the Oilers that series. And then they got like Markstrom forgot how to stop a puck. And then last year was just complete chaos. And then I don't know, this has been a tailspin to say the least. Yeah. And then finally, my last question for you, mock trade, what would it look like? Are we giving a first? Yeah. Oh, well, oh yeah. for just the door off. Yeah, sorry, just the door. I keep just hearing Tanev squished in there as well. Oh, if Tanev squished in there, I'll give you like a lot of stuff. I'll give you all the stuff. Um, all the stuff. Obviously, not all the stuff, but like Tanev's a good player. Tanev's a very Tanev's good. Tanev's really what good you player. need. Tanev is, li- is exactly yeah. yeah. Like Zadorov is like a, just big and murders people once in a while. Chris Tanev is what this team needs. Getting both of them would be insane, but then you got to move certain guys out. But yes, yeah. Yeah, you're correct. Um. What would a trade look like for just Nikita Zadorov? Like oh, maybe a, prospect a little bit more than a third. And a third, yeah. Like like no, when I say prospect, a, I mean like Abruzzi, like someone who like will not make our team. HL ever. player of the week. Don't don't disrespect HL the Harvard player of the week. HL player of the week. Okay. Um yeah, some something like that, maybe. Yeah. Love it. Or Love maybe it. a uh, third and a couple of crumbs i mean it costed luke for luke shen last year was a third right yeah so i think zadorov makes this made the same amount as luke shen last year around the same oh no zadorov makes a lot three seven five wow yeah so i don't know that's that's a that's a that's a hefty amount holy smokes all right well i i would take him for i think a third and like a pros like an ahl player who can take reps in the nhl is a fair trade yeah, I think Calgary so. fans might not. Calgary fans might not agree. But. Hey, the Coronado to Abruzzi connection. The that connection. Was, that was what it was in the. That's what it was in the Harvard days. So Har- the Harvard boys. Maybe it's back, but uh, Abruzzi's yeah. been great this year. He's uh he's a really good passer. But perfect. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's the Nikita Zadorov comments. What what else do we have on the docket? That's it. That's all we got. So all we got. To summarize, got a bit. This week felt a little bit better. It got a little bit better. I mean, two Canadian wins is always nice on home ice. Now you got the Sweden trip through the first fifteen. It's been a little bit more chaotic. Team needs to play a lot better, especially defensively. Um, and Nikita Zadorov apparently wants to come to Toronto. Guy loves Canada. So, anyways, thanks everyone for listening. Go 